And welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast 2021 edition. And today we're going to be speaking about our top horror films of 2020. Very excited to talk to you about it. All the hard work that I have done has come to an end. And all you have done. All I have done for the past several weeks is watch movies so much, in fact, that I don't, I need a break from the break (laughs) that I took off. Uh, because I've seen so much, I can never go back. <laughs> uh, but seriously, man, I am excited to talk to you about it, guys. Christina's got her top five that she picked this week, uh, or for the year, I should say. Are you excited to tell us what it is, or are you nervous? Are you scared? No, I'm fine. I'm just, you know, woo. Okay. <laughs> so, but thank you guys so much. Uh, this year has been pretty fucking crazy. And we have tried to stick with it throughout this whole year, even though the chips were down for a lot of us, you know. And uh, we hope that we brought you guys some fucking entertainment somewhere in the mix every once in a while from some of this stupid shit that we said each week. (laughs) (laughs) Did you enjoy this year, Christina, despite all of the obvious nonsense that we had to deal with? This year? Did you enjoy doing the podcast? Let's put it that way. Oh, the podcast? Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So you see that? <laughs> you know, I'm going to make those chains a little tighter next time you say some dumb shit like that. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's such a terrible time here when we do these episodes, isn't it? Sometimes. <laughs> oh, whatever. Shut up. Come on. Come on. It's 2021. Can we be a little more positive? Okay. I'm Let's excited. Let's let the crazy outside. I'm excited for this year. Okay. I'm excited for the future. Well, half this year anyway. <laughs> What? Half of it's going to be like last year, pretty much. Oh, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't It doesn't magically change. As long as nobody gets sick and in the hospital, I'm fine. Right. Yeah, sure. I mean, I understand. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to get sick. Fuck no. Right. We've been good. We've been yeah, careful. We've been very careful. A lot of our friends haven't been, but <laughs> we have. <laughs> and hey, we don't have COVID. What do you know? <laughs> Those who didn't get it. Don't jinx it. Let's not talk about right, it. Yeah, we're right, going right. to jinx it. Yeah. I'm going to be on it. And, and then people are going to be like, remember? It's not really funny to laugh at either. I don't know what I'm doing, but <laughs> I'm just drinking on some uh, strong bow. Christina got me some hard cider, which is my favorite beer now to drink because it doesn't upset my stomach and make me sick the next day. <laughs> and I got a little bit of fireball here. What are you drinking, Christina? I'm drinking water because I'm on Whole30. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She it's can't have January. fun anymore. 
It's January, so it's time to do. She Whole took 30. all the tools of fun away from her for 2021. <laughs> fuck, fuck 2021. Continue. I gotta, I gotta recalibrate. How, how do you say that word? Calibrate. Calibrate. Yeah, I gotta do that. <laughs> you gotta recalibrate. Gotta, yeah, my eating habits. <laughs> Is your Fitbit connect into your brain? <laughs> Uh, so what are some ups and downs that you, what are some good things that you remember on the podcast this year that you really enjoyed? Well, my favorite episode was my birthday episode where yeah. we did a, whatever happened to Mary Oh, Jane. that's right. Yeah. That was got yeah, a lot that, of views or listens. Of course it did. It was a good episode. <laughs> yeah. But I wasn't expecting that from that old ass movie, you know, those movies, you know, like right. most people like don't go back that far, you know, including right. myself. But. Right. I made you. I know. And it was It good. was fun. I enjoyed it. See, I enjoyed the movies, too. You so. should listen to me more often. Hush, hush, sweet <laughs> Christina. <laughs> I don't know what my favorite episode was. I just enjoyed doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is this is fun to me. And, right. and I hope that that somehow gets out into your eardrums to make you guys have fun, because it would be a really shitty thing that I'm just... <laughs> Talking to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I could just be in a corner. Like, I'll be like those crazy people in the movies where they're like talking to themselves. Uh And really in their head, they're actually doing a podcast, you know, like (laughs) talking to a bunch of people and they're really popular. Uh (laughs) That's what I am. Yeah. You're not even here. (laughs) Who am I? Who am I? Where am I? Why are my pants wet? (laughs) What? I pee pee. (laughs) No, um, but yeah, so we've spent a lot of time, guys, here. I've got a lot of movies. In fact, we're going to be doing it a little different than we did last year because last year I pretty much had like, I think a top 10 and then like top like 20 basically. This year we have 15 and 15. So, and I actually went through and put them in order of my favorite, least favorite to best. Uh huh. There was a lot of films that I saw this year that I enjoyed. A lot of 7.5s on up. Uh-huh. So it was like splitting hairs over the littlest dumb shit and just, you know, kind of rewatching stuff and checking out new stuff. Um, I know a lot of people have already put up some of their stuff already, but, you know, this is early for me because I like to wait till the buzzer because that's the kind of guy I Because <laughs> you're the procrastinator. Yeah, fuck you, Christina. You're the pro-pro procrastinator. Yeah, how, when, how many uh, movies did you write down this year? Until we took the break, just out of curiosity? What? None, because uh, oh, I'm busy. Oh, is that right? <laughs> this is Some your might job. say that's you procrastinating the I last have minute. another job. You. This is your job. This is coming from the woman who told me to write lists for everything, and now I live by that, and she doesn't <laughs> want to do it. I'll remember it. Just true. forget it. I got it's okay. It's funny because I usually did. I think for 2019, I did. I listed all the movies I watched, but th- this year it's just it, after February. She was like, just, "I'm done with fucking horror. This is stupid." No, it's just so much was going on. I was just I couldn't <laughs> focus on it. You know. This year you're gonna do it. Yeah, I am. I already have a list. All right. I already have it. I'm gonna prepared. put you on a regimen. Of horror. Great. Yeah, because see, guys, she she didn't get to see as much as I do because she she has a real job, (laughs) as she would or other people would probably say to my face. (laughs) 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 Not uh, trying to live off your uh, own accolades. 
Yeah, there's a few in there I know that are on your list that I wasn't able to see. And you oh, I saw like, so many. Oh, you need I to watch this. You need to watch this. I even watched movies that I knew were not going to be in the top 10. You know what I mean? And I just, because I wanted, well, for one, like I'm going to be doing a YouTube video for you guys either probably tomorrow on Tuesday this week mm-hmm. that I'll put up that is going to take me a long while to put up because it's, it's the top 15 kills of 2020. Are you going to show all the kills? Yeah, I'm going to try to do... I'm, I'm trying to try figure to. out how I could do that without getting too much of a copyright thing. Right. But I think I can get away with it from some of the trailer footage and then showing some of the killer scenes because there is other places that do, like, kill counts for uh-huh. movies. I don't know if they're monetized or not. Right. But I figure I could probably still do that. And it's funny. I, I did a search. I'm like... Top kills of 2020. You can't find that anywhere. In fact, oh. I told Jason I was going to do this, and he was like, oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to steal that. And I was like, you <laughs> fucking piece of shit. <laughs> no, I love Jason. I know. I should never tell anybody because I have all the it's good ideas. Especially Jason. Just don't have any kind of exposure whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Jason got that idea from me, guys, so you can uh, check that out. But... Uh, <laughs> He probably won't have as many as I do. I will, oh, I put a lot of work into yeah, it. Yeah, you did. I mean, I really... Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Sorry, I'm not jerking myself off here, guys. Uh, it's just an accomplishment, okay? What I have done these past few weeks, no man should ever have to do. <laughs> <laughs> no woman should ever have to do. All right? And with that said, we're not going to be doing uh, horror shots this week, so you won't get to hear our coveted drink because we didn't know what the fucking do. We're going to go over our films. Christina's going to fill in the last five with me, with her. Okay. So, like, basically, I'm going to go from top 30, from the 30, all the way down to one. And when I get to five, oh, okay. you're going to do I'll... your five. Oh, okay. I'm going to do mine. And then four, you, four, me, three, you, oh, three, okay. me. Got I it? See. Yeah, I got it. All right. I'll make it quick, guys. I'm not going to go through each one and talk about them in depth for the first 15 of them. But the the last 15, I'll get a little bit more wordy as to who did it, why I liked it, and uh, get into that. Do our best. There's a lot of stuff here. So, And with that said, guys, let's jump into our top horror movies of 2020 right now. Get your pants down and get ready. Take all of these movies in to your being, into your soul. In your butt. (laughs) So some of these, now you got to keep in mind, like I said, like most of the movies that I picked for this top 30 are movies that, you know, were around 7.5 or higher. You know what I mean? So I had to wade through them. It was a, it was a lot, and I didn't want to not mention a lot of these. Most all of these I wanted to mention in some facet or not. You might have caught on to some of them from my YouTube videos or our podcast or, you know, maybe just me talking about it so much or something like that. But some of these have moved around a little bit in my scoring. So it's, you know, they might have gone up a half a point or down a half a point or, you know, Mm -hmm. just after second watch, sometimes that happens. Now, just as a heads up, I thought 2020 was going to be the worst year we have experienced in horror yet. I was wrong. (laughs) And I don't mind being wrong at all. I'm glad I'm I'm wrong. 
I'm glad 2020 came through for all of us. And I just want to say, before we get into all these films, thank you, independent filmmakers, for making these films. Because if it wasn't for you, we would have had nothing this year. And I personally like independent films anyway. Right. So it was just a treasure trove of stuff. Mm-hmm. So kudos to you guys. Always support independent filmmakers because those are the guys that are going to be the mainstream one day. Exactly. So support it. Support it as much as you can. Don't be so critical. I try not to be so critical on independent films. Like, I find that some people can be a little unreasonable when it comes to independent (laughs) films. They're like, oh, my God, it didn't even look as good as, like, you know, Marvel movies. (laughs) Like, yeah, they spent $120 million on a dildo. (laughs) They spent a million on this. 500000 What are you thinking? (laughs) Anyway, thank you, independent filmmakers and mainstream, too. For this year. So, for number 30, we got The Beach House, which is out on Shudder. Now, this is a movie that a lot of people compared to a Lovecraftian tale, and I have to agree. I really liked it. Uh-huh. It had about this couple that was, like, going through problems going out to this beach house with their family, or, well, their family's house, while they didn't know, and these people were renting it while they were there. And then some weird shit happens on the beach, and things go awfully wrong. And it really did have... A very thick atmosphere to it that I really liked. Mm -hmm. And I wanted this to be like an 8.5 or 9, but it wasn't. But it didn't hit it. It didn't hit it for me. But I still want to mention it, and I still think that, you know, some of these movies are going to be picks that you may think are higher or lower. So it might be for you. I really enjoyed The Beach House, though, in some regard. And it is on Shutter if you want to check it out. Number 29, I picked VFW. Which, oh, I forgot that came out this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it was yeah. Well, it kind of had a, a scattered release though, didn't it? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Like it released on Shutter later. It wasn't a right. Shutter release. It right. was you know. Um, and in the years previous, you know, Joe Bagos was one of my favorite. He was one of my favorite directors for that year for Bliss, right. which I loved. Right. Um, which was on your last year's top right. movies. That was one of my favorite Bagos movies that I've seen. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I, I liked this movie, but it kind of fell short for me in a lot of areas. The, there was some cool gore, and I liked the concept, and I liked that the actors, all these people were in it. It just, you know, a lot of people really like this a lot more than me, but I still liked it. I still enjoyed it. I just felt like it kind of missed something. There was something that was just missing, but it's still a notable film to watch. And if you like gore and you like, you know, just violence in general, right? you should enjoy that. For me, I felt like they should have done a couple more takes on a couple of scenes. You know what I mean? Like it right. felt like it was a little rushed. Right. But I still enjoyed it. And I still think, I mean, I would still like to own this. I haven't picked it up yet. I think you can even have like a 4K copy for like five bucks right. or something. I, I remember seeing it at a Walmart. Did you? Yeah. It's yeah. pretty cheap now for yeah. whatever reason. So we should pick it up at some point. Right. But yeah, punks against fucking vets. Sea Fever is number 28. Which is on Hulu, by the way. It is a movie. I think it was an Irish movie, mm-hmm. wasn't it, or a Scottish film? Was that the one with the late the the girl who was like she's a she's doing her internship or something? Yeah, she was. She's, she's studying marine biology right, or whatever. Right. Yeah, and then they find some sort of like 
creature that lives under the water that's glowing. That movie had no soundtrack. I remember now. Did it? Okay. I'm pretty sure. The thing that was cool about it that I really liked about it was that it had like two different kind of subplots going on at mm-hmm. the same time. Where I don't want to spoil it for you. You know, there's creature stuff creature-esque stuff but it's also spilling some sort of contagion into the ship Mm -hmm. so it's part virus part you know yeah creature like under the water lovecraftian kind of style and it actually has you know some pretty cool stuff in it Mm -hmm. and i thought it was actually a pretty decent film to watch it wasn't perfect Mm -hmm. but i thought it was really good for number 27 i picked slacks which is a movie I got to catch at one of the festivals online this year. Was that the one about the killer pants? Yes, it was. Was it possessed or something? I don't remember. Yeah, it was like a pair of, and I can't explain why because I would spoil it. Right. But they're a possessed pair of pants that go around killing people. Mm -hmm. And it is exactly as silly as it sounds. I compared it to rubber. Mm -hmm. It is a fun movie. It's not the most funniest movie I've seen all year, but it is really fun and it is gory. And it makes fun of consumerism Mm -hmm. a lot. And I kind of, that tickles me, you know, just enough. Right. But it's not so, it's not like overbearing, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like that sweet spot. Right. And I really enjoyed watching it this year. So I want to add that to my list. Mm -hmm. That should be coming out here soon for you guys this year. So you will be able to catch that probably in the beginning of this year. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's just probably needs to find a distributor. Mm Mm-hmm. And they'll get it out. Hell, it might be on fucking Shutter for all we know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next one I want to talk about is Hunt. The Hunt, which came out oh. in 2020, was the movie that was delayed because that was the beginning of the Trump. Lockdowns. Yeah, this. Yeah, but this is also oh, you remember sorry. why they delayed this movie, right? Right, I remember. This is all pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. I think it was November of last year. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to come out. And of course, you know, the country is divided by politics. The president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, decided to throw his head in the ring on this disgusting movie because they used the word deplorables in the commentary. One thing that they weren't thinking when they were putting this movie down and then decided not to release, and I'm not talking about the movie makers, though they should have just put it out anyway. Right. But I understand why they didn't. They wanted things to cool down a little bit. But the thing that people were shooting on this movie for They shouldn't have, because obviously, very obviously, they were the victims in this case. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened in this movie. Right. They were the victims. It would have glorified them more than anything. Actually, it made fun of both sides of the political spectrum on a surface level. Nothing is outright said. You get a few, you know... Name calling mm-hmm. libtards or maybe like fucking, you know, redneck piece of shit or something <laughs> like that. And it's all very, you know, you make up your own mind about it. But, you know, I enjoyed the movie. It fell a little short for me by the end of the movie. Like mm-hmm. I was really into the beginning of the movie and it has such great 
stuff. Yeah. It's got two thirds of it is like really awesome. Right. But the last third is really kind of blah. Yeah. It's blah. But I still think it's notable. There's some good kills in it. Yeah. You, I love that they threw in some fucking better known names in it mm-hmm. so that you wouldn't know who was going to live or die. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I thought that was a good choice. Mm-hmm. The humor is funny. The gore is great. I thought it was good. Right. It has some funny stuff in it, but it does get a little too much mm-hmm. too fast. So, but I did want to add it in here. The next one uh, is a anthology film. I was going to do like a top three anthologies for the year, but I'll just tell you, you know, my top two them. pretty much. But Mortuary Collection is a shutter release that came out. It had uh, the father from Pet Cemetery 2, mm-hmm. Gus, in mm-hmm. it, who has this old man. And he did a really good job. I was nice to see him. Clancy Adams, I think his name is. But there was a lot of really solid shorts in this film. And they all kind of work together in this whole mortuary that this girl comes into. And come to find out, a lot of these shorts were made previous and put together in this package Mm -hmm. this feature film Mm -hmm. the score work in it was really good i enjoyed it some people thought it was not as good as others i thought it was just solid Mm -hmm. a solid eight like a solid anthology film and that's actually really good for an anthology to do because a lot of them are you know six or sevens right you know because it's the sum of its parts Mm -hmm. i personally enjoyed it and i liked the last segment the best so if you haven't checked that out, like I said, it's on Shutter. Another one that I enjoyed, but it still has its flaws, obviously, is Don't Listen, which is on Netflix. Now, this is surprising because Netflix is mon- notoriously known for doing a lot of sci-fi. Mm-hmm. But this year, they've really kind of stepped up their game a little bit and started picking up some horror titles. Did you notice? Yeah, a lot more than last year. Yeah, they're also going to be doing that and ramping that up for 2021. Although I think 2021 is probably going to be one of the drier movie experiences because of what I said earlier. But anyway, back to Don't Listen. Number 24. It was on Netflix. It was a pretty decent movie. Solid effort. Had some great atmosphere. Had some obligatory shit thrown in like flies and weird stuff. But for the most part, it had a cool, twisty story that did something different with one of the characters in it that I didn't really expect. And it does it very early on, which was like, huh, okay, well, that's Mm -hmm. that's different. Never seen that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't want to say because I'll spoil the shit out of it. Uh, There are people that have their issues with it. and I don't blame them. There are some things in it that I it could have been better. Right. Pacing wise or whatever it was, but it still surprised me and I still enjoyed the atmosphere of it. And I thought it was kind of did some different things. So I thought it was cool. Mm -hmm. Spanish film. Don't Listen was a movie about this family that moves into this new house and obviously things happen. But where the story goes and why it's happening is really interesting. It's a supernatural film, by the way. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested and you want to check it out, it's up on Netflix. Check it out. I think it's worth a watch. Up next, we got one that Jason from Sinister Cinema Reviews told us to check out before we closed up shop on all the movies we watched. And he was right. That is Spontaneous that came out in 2020. It's a drama, horror, comedy. Romance. Right. (laughs) It was good. It was was good. It was fun. It was an enjoyable movie. It's, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like you guys have seen these romance movies that are disguised with some sort of horror. You know, Mm -hmm. you got movies like Warm Bodies, which they have this little bit of an edge 
that right. kind of pushes the interest. I don't want to say on any gender necessarily, but it's just say most guys would not be interested in this if it didn't have that edge. Right. You know what I mean? Most horror fans, I don't know. Right. I like I like a little bit of an edge and the comedy in this film was really funny. It does have an element of romance, but it does something different with it in this movie mm-hmm. that most romance horror comedies, whatever you want to call it, would never do. Would not go that far. Right. Mm-hmm. It is pretty funny. There's some, you know, modern takes on like kids today and coming of age sort right. of thing. Feeling being the awkward one in the in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And it's about a bunch of kids who all of a sudden just, just start popping. There's like a virus. Yeah, too. they don't That's know what, what it is. Yeah. So they were like infected and they had to be quarantined. Right. Which, yeah, that was. It was interesting because you didn't know who was going to pop. Right. And it was pretty funny in that regard. Right. A lot of the times you really didn't even see the people pop. You just see people getting sprayed with blood. But you didn't really need to. It was funny that way. Exactly. Kind of works. But yeah, really weird, spontaneous combustion. Not fire, Mm -hmm. just popping. Mm -hmm. Blood everywhere. It's a good idea. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Kind of a dark comedy romance, I guess. It, yeah. That's dark a, horror comedy yeah, it's romance. Yeah, dark comedy. Yeah. That uh, you can just rent right now. I don't think it's on any of the streaming services as we speak. So, but that was 23. For 22, I got Dark Encounter, which is hard to explain without spoiling it for you. It was a movie we saw early in the year. One of the earlier movies that we got to oh. see. We had friends over that watched it with us. Is that UFO movie? The yes. alien abduction? Yeah, they have some sort of alien abduction sort of vibe going for it. It is very much trying to be and leaning hard on the close encounters of the fourth kind. But there's a good little twist in there. But there is a twist in it. Whether it's good or not might be up to the viewer. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because I've heard some people that just were confused by it, didn't like it. Mm -hmm. It surprised me and it did something different with it while also giving it an atmosphere that I really liked. And, And a lot of movies have been doing this recently that I've noticed. And Dark Encounter is one of those movies that I always think of when when I think of this trick that they do, they take you down that familiar road a certain way and then they veer hard left and do something completely different. Mm -hmm. And this movie did that. And I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that they follow the trope so that you're like, I've seen this before. Right. And you get comfortable. And then all of a sudden they're like, nope, not that movie. (laughs) This is kind of one of those movies. And I, I've thought for an independent film, it has some pretty great, performances in it like one in particular with the uncle who mm-hmm. is really good in this movie really good very unsettling at times too and kind of gross at a little bit right by the end you'll see what i'm talking about but i think it's worth a watch and i don't think many people are talking about it mm-hmm. and i at least want to bring it up because i think you should at least check it out to see if you're one of the other you know you may think it's just okay or you may love it but i i actually kind of loved it Dark i kind of liked it for an end film it was in the eight to nine category, kind of around the eight area. Dark encounters. Dark encounter. Oh, I'm <laughs> they sorry. They start looking that up. Dark, they're going to find fucking encounter. porno or something. <laughs> Just type in dark encounter 2020. You'll, you'll find the movie. We're almost done, guys. We're, well, for the 16 to 30. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, good God, man. So. For 21, I picked The Dark and The Wicked. Now, this is a movie that I scored a lot higher in the beginning, and it dropped lower after the second time viewing it. Although, to be fair, 
I think it took us an uh, almost three hours to watch this movie. Don't you blame me? Because <laughs> I had to pause it so many no, fucking times. His parents called. We were making food. Or oh wait, we it was ordered New Year's food. Year's yeah, it was New, New Year's, Year's Eve. Eve. Yeah, don't blame me. It's not my fault. Anyway. It kind of it does have some really good shit in it, uh, and I think it's worth a watch. I think it has a really good atmosphere. It's very creepy. It's by Brian Bertino, who, if you know, already did the movie Monster, which I think is a better film overall. Mm-hmm. But this was a nice attempt at doing something more supernatural and kind of like eerie and creepy. I think he did a really good job here. It's not far from the monster, but it is just below that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the three films this year that used finger chopping scenes in it. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, I should mention, right? Because yeah, totally. we had Color Out of Space, mm-hmm. The Grudge, and then this one, mm-hmm. The Dark and the Wicked, which you can watch on Shudder, by the way. I think it's a pretty good supernatural film, and it has a good atmosphere to it. It is very unsettling, and there are some things in it that kind of make you feel like, well, anything goes. Right. But it is a little confusing at times, and it, I think it, 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 it doesn't really kind of... It's, it's not that it needed to. It's just... I don't know. Mm-hmm. It almost felt like some of the scenes were a little obligatory the second viewing. Rather than the first time where I was like, what the fuck? Right. (laughs) Which it is really creepy and it may scare you if you're into, if you get scared by films, this might be one of them that you could check out and like really get creeped out by. For number 20, I picked Hunter Hunter, which just came out not too long ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And this one, wow. (laughs) Probably one of the better endings of a movie all year. Probably the best ending of a movie I all only, year. I only saw the ending because I walked in when you were watching it and oh my god. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. both were reeling in terror like, oh my god. But essentially this movie is about Devin, wait, what's his name? This older gentleman played by Devin Sawa. By the way, guys, when the fuck have we seen him in a movie? What, Final Destination was the last (laughs) thing we ever saw him in? I'm sure he's done other stuff, but I'm just saying, like, Uh he does a really good fucking older man. Like, like, Mr. I'm I'm go out in the woods kind of guy. I'm going to go hunt me a deer. Yeah, well, so essentially the story of this is, is Devin Sawa's character and his wife and his daughter live in the middle of nowhere. They refuse to be a part of society. They want to live and carve their own piece of Americana out for themselves and live off the land. Mm-hmm. And that is something that her, the he and his wife decided on. But the, she, they're kind of wanting to get out of there because there's some pretty dangerous shit out in the wild. Right. Including a wolf. Or so they think. But what is it? <laughs> Seriously, this is a really good film. I think I think it's a solid film across the board. Mm-hmm. It didn't wow me except for that end. Right. Everything was kind of predictable for me a little bit up into the end, but it was still good. Mm-hmm. I still like the thrill, the like tension, the cat and mouse play that they do in this uh, movie. Mm-hmm. I thought Devin Sawa did a really great returning performance. Um, and some of the twists that you see in this are really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's good. I think you should check it out, especially for that ending. Holy yeah. fucking shit. 
Exactly. I don't want to ruin it for you, but you can rent it now. Check it out. See what you think. It might be one of your top five. Some people are giving it that, but I think it's just, I wanted to make sure I removed myself from the overreaction of it mm-hmm. because the end is so good. Right. It doesn't make the movie better. I mean, it makes the movie better, but it doesn't make the early parts um, better. Right. You see what I'm saying? So I had to balance yes. it out mentally. Because that's how I am. If it's slow... And I had to sit a, on it a for a little kill? bit. Like me. Because ex- I was excited. And I was like, I mean, you just sit back, think about the early parts of the movie, the first, the third, right. act, first and second act. Was it that good? So right. up next, we got number 19, Relic, which is a metaphor movie that is a very slow burn. Very. But <laughs> man, is it well done. It is a well done metaphor. Mm-hmm. And it is really thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Like extremely creepy, extremely thoughtful, like written well as fuck, acted well as fuck. I mm-hmm. mean, this technically could be like top five for a lot of people. Right. But it kind of just missed it a little bit towards the end for me. Mm-hmm. But I still think it's a really beautiful horror film mm-hmm. masked in dealing with the falling apart of people that you love. Right. As you get older. Aging. Aging. Letting go of people. Very mm-hmm. f- fucking great attempt there. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, there's a lot of these movies, guys. We got 30, so we're getting up there now. And for my number 18, I picked Blood Quantum, which was on Shutter earlier this year. Thought it was really interesting because it was a zombie film done entirely on a native reservation, which is super cool, which is a very untapped Mm-hmm. you know setting it was very good it was a great concept and it doesn't it does things a little weird too because it it there's some flaws with it but yeah. but there was a lot of really good things about it yeah it's a little bit tropey but right. yeah it gets it, it carries its good. own kind of story about who gets infected and why they get infected versus who doesn't mm-hmm. which i don't want to spoil it's in the title <laughs> if you know that stuff <laughs> Um, but it, the movie really like the first 20, 30 minutes is really good. Mm-hmm. And then it starts to take off and then it, it zooms into the future quite a bit. Yeah, it does. And it's more like aftermath. So it's almost like two different movies in one movie in some regards, mm-hmm. but how it ends up, I thought was really kind of poetic and, and sweet. Mm-hmm. And these days, if you're going to do a zombie movie, it better be unique. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to do a zombie film. Right. But not everybody does it right. And this one is a good example. Yeah, this one's a good example. All right. And for my number 17, and that is Possessor, which is Brandon Cronenberg's, David Cronenberg's son. Uh-huh. His, I think it's his second feature film. Might be his third, but it's a sci-fi thriller, but it's called a horror sci-fi thriller <laughs> on IMDb. I had some debates with some people. I wanted it to be friendly because mm-hmm. I was genuinely just curious about it. Not like I needed to change it or anything, but I personally think it is more of a sci-fi thriller uh-huh. horror mm-hmm. than a horror sci-fi thriller. It's probably even more of a thriller sci-fi horror if you think about it. But it doesn't matter because it's a good movie. Yeah, it is a good movie. Even you liked it. I even liked it, yeah. And it was kind of slow. She doesn't like slow burns. No, I don't at all. But this this got my, it, it kept me in. Yeah, it kind of is, is really, the imagery's good. The yeah. acting and performance by, 
I can't think of her name. She was the lead actress in Mandy. Mandy yeah. Yeah. She's Mandy. <laughs> she's good. She was. She was really good. She's really good. But mm-hmm. she kind of, it's cool to see her switch between, because she's kind of a sociopath in this movie. Totally. And she does a really good job of turning it on and off. Yeah. Which is kind of scary, even it's very as scary. a human being. Right. Like to see that switch that drastically. Because, you know, people are like, some people are like that. Ooh. <laughs> so. Makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this movie is kind of a body horror thriller movie, sci-fi, whatever you want to call it. It's interesting. You can see some of the design choices that he made in this remind me very much of Videodrome in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But it's not as uh, has much imagery as like Videodrome does. Mm-hmm. Videodrome to me can be very well within horror because of some of the iconic mm-hmm. moments that happen. They're rather horrific mm-hmm. uh, and just surreal. Ugh. Um, but this one is a little more dialed back, leaning more in the, it's hard to say this, but reality, <laughs> but mm-hmm. not because it's like sci-fi that isn't real, that doesn't exist. Right. But it's still a very hard edged movie and it's got some pretty fucked up gore mm-hmm. and scenes in it that are just like kind of violent. Very. So if you're into violent sci-fi thriller horror <laughs> movies, and I'm going to say it again for all you fucking assholes that got mad at me. <laughs> Fuck you, Reddit. <laughs> um, I really don't care, but <laughs> all right, for number 16, and then we'll get into our top 15. The Call, which just came out on Netflix. It's a Korean, South Korean film about a girl who receives a call in her recently deceased parents' house. And it's a call from the previous owner mm-hmm. in the past. The from fuck? 1990. The fuck? Yeah. Huh. And some things happen in that house that kind of fuck with the future. Mm-hmm. And some of the things that she shares with the past change the future. Mm-hmm. It's dope. It's a really that solid sounds, South Korean film. That sounds interesting. I really, really, really like this. Plus, I like the characters in it. The characters were really good. After watching this, me watching other films, other South Korean films, I was like, this is like the shit. It's like the bar. Yeah, it's like these. This is some really good fucking acting in here. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and the way that they do it and they tell the story, it's both equal sci-fi and horror. Mm-hmm. That's really good. It's like that movie. You remember when the guy like calls? He gets on the radio and he talks to his dad in the past. Oh yeah. Before he died, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like that, but the Korean story and it's like a serial killer mm-hmm. and all this other shit. It's really cool, and you really need to check it out. That's crazy. I I really like this film. All right. So now we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of our top 15. This is going to be the top 15 movies or the, the, the creme de la creme of it all, of it all from what I experienced, my experiences, my interests, my opinion will probably be different than everybody else. So as it usually is, as anybody's opinion usually is, but you can rest assured that if it's in the top 15, it'll be enjoyable to some degree to you. That's Mm -hmm. what I think from what I'm from my taste. If you hate my tastes, then you'll probably think otherwise and fuck you.
Because Christina's just like, hmm. I'm trying to fuck it. <sighs> so 15. Number 15, I gave it to Freaky. Oh. From this year, the horror comedy. With Vince Vaughn. Yeah. It was written and directed by Christopher Landon, who did Happy Death Day franchise, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. It was also written by Michael Kennedy, who's a newcomer who helped him write this. Mm -hmm. And it starred Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton, who I think bounced off each other pretty damn well. Mm -hmm. It is essentially a big surprise for a movie this year. One of the bigger surprises. Right. And then for them kind of remaking like regular movies into horror movies it was really good right like they did groundhog he did groundhog day oh, yeah, with true. a serial Happy or with a killer right so he did freaky friday with right. a killer so right. instead of the girl switching places with her mom she switches places with a fucking slasher <laughs> yeah and he's like a jason slasher mm-hmm. uh and that is vince vaughn who by far did amazing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was nice to see him. I haven't seen him in a while. I thought he did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Like it, he was funny mm-hmm. and he was believable. I mean, you know, if you were to put these people next to each other, obviously right. some of them are exaggerated. Right. But I thought they did a really good job and it's fucking bloody as hell. Yeah, it really so, is. So it's both funny and bloody and really gory. So I was like. Okay, well, this is a Blumhouse movie. It could be good. It could be meh. Right. It blew me away as mm-hmm. far as, like, my expectations. Mm-hmm. I had very low expectations. I, you know, I took the bait because, obviously, I want to watch a movie about Freaky Friday with a fucking yeah, serial killer. Why not? Or a fucking, you know, a slasher. Why not? <laughs> but it worked. So, I don't know. If you haven't seen that movie yet and you've been like, oh, God, it looked dumb. Just watch it. Mm-hmm. If you've ever seen the movie, what was that movie we watched that we, we really like? It's called Final Girls. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Same humor. Same kind of humor, humor yeah. but more gory. Mm-hmm. Like, it's way more Final gory. Final Friday, was, or excuse me, Final Girls was PG-13. This mm-hmm. is rated R. Right. Which was the right move, by the way, Blumhouse. Right. Jesus. <laughs> but for all you Blumhouse haters out there just give it a chance there's two movies this year that have done pretty well that they've done so mm-hmm. all right for number 14 the platform which came out in netflix earlier this year it's a spanish film it is directed by golder Getzuela Yurusia. it's their first feature film this was a great film we're really good Mm -hmm. like you keep telling me to watch it and i haven't yet man oh man this movie kind of gives me the vibes of like cube that was a good it's it's a good thing but it's deeper than cube oh yeah much deeper Mm -hmm. like it's a semi it's like a metaphor for society and how we treat one another and different different tribes that we have in in society and how we react Mm -hmm. different types of political affiliations or Mm -hmm. classist systems that we have patriarchy things like that Uh um but a bunch of people are put in this deep fucking hole in fact the movie is called the hole in spain but it's also called the platform on on in spanish because Mm -hmm. i think we have a whole movie out here but anyway they get put into this big hole each floor there's like hundreds of floors by the way each floor two people inhabited space they're allowed to bring one item of their choosing in with them to stay for an extended period of time there are what seems to be literally endless levels of this complex and in the center is a hole 
where a platform comes down and descends through each of the levels for 60 seconds each day or two times a day. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. You have like a short amount of time to eat whatever you want. And we're talking like really good food here. Like everybody that's in this place got to pick one of their favorite dishes to be included on this platform mm -hmm. for all the different levels. And so it starts at the top and it goes all the way down to the bottom. So whatever's uh -huh. left, the bottom gets, uh -huh. which usually means nothing. Nothing. Because people are greedy. Mm -hmm. But as they try to sort of solve the mystery of what's really going on and how they got tricked into this world, mm -hmm. because a lot of people come by their own choice. Like some people come by their own choice, some don't. Huh. It's a weird, interesting thing, but there's, it's, there, it's a little, it's much deeper than its surface. Mm -hmm. So it is not a movie about people just being stuck in a hole. It, it is mirroring and a metaphor for society. Uh. And I really think it's super ultra violent, by the way. Mm -hmm. Lots of blood, lots of guts, lots of fucking cannibalism and shit. Just huh. people dying left and right. And it ends up pretty fucking great. I love this movie. I thought it was one of the best movies. I kept it a little lower on my list because it's not necessarily horror, but it's going to be extremely appealing to people who are oh. because of the violence in this movie uh -huh. and because of the sort of uh, cube feel for mm -hmm. it. So I think if you're into those kind of like in-depth kind of stories that have violence and all this other shit, you'll be well pleased. And I highly recommend that when you watch it on Netflix, watch it and it's sp Spanish general translated audio. Mm -hmm. so that you're not listening to the dubs. The dubs will ruin the movie for you, I promise you. Way better performances if you just watch it mm -hmm. the way it was intended to be. Mm -hmm. Up next, we got number 13. With Underwater. Oh, one of the last movies we saw in the theater. Whoop, whoop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this was a movie that I knew instantly was going to be on my top 10. Mm -hmm. instantly and it at 13 so we got a lot of movies <laughs> <laughs> i i think i think i i gave this like an 8.5 at the time because mm -hmm. i loved the ending and everything mm -hmm. uh underwater is now on hbo max if you have not seen it and you do have hbo max give it a whirl check it out it is a sci-fi horror film uh that was directed by william eubank who did the movie the signal not the one that i always talk about <laughs> The one from 2014 with Lawrence Fishburne in it. It's, uh, it's a real trippy mindfuck movie. Uh-huh. It stars Kristen Stewart, Vincent Castle, T.J. Miller, and John Gallagher Jr. Oh, t that's right. T.J. Miller was in that. Right. Which he was a little um, too much for me when I first saw it the first mm -hmm. time. But the second watch, I was like, oh, it doesn't. It didn't even bother me. His like role didn't bother me. Oh. I think I was paying too much attention to him because of all his publicity. At the oh, time, that's right. Remember, he got right con or some 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 random ex was trying mm -hmm. to call him out for mm -hmm. something, being a douche. Yeah, and that got squashed. But it was like mm -hmm. still in the back of my head, right. and I think I was focusing on him too much. But this we saw at the theater. It was a real treat. Obviously, if you don't know the history on this, this was due to Disney purchasing the 20th Century Fox mm -hmm. and the release date was pushed from to January 2020. Oh. And the shooting actually took place in the spring of 2017, which mm -hmm. it would have come out in 2018 as a summer blockbuster movie. Mm -hmm. They spent a lot of money on this, by right. the way. That's kind of sad. It pretty much just dropped out of nowhere, though, when they were doing the merger. Mm -hmm. I don't think they had enough faith in it. Mm -hmm. They dropped the the trailer super early just to get the feelers out. 
Mm-hmm. And people like me and John Hale were like, oh, my God. <laughs> we were super excited about it. Mm-hmm. But not other people, not many other people did. And then when it came out in the theaters, I don't think there was enough uh, excitement about it. I don't think people knew what to expect. Mm-hmm. But we really liked it. Right. I did. You didn't like yeah, it as much it as me. a little slow. It was a little slow. A lot of people have compared it to Aliens or Alien. Very, very close relation there. It's hard not to be that type of movie when you have long corridors, which this is underwater. <laughs> so it's in the deep Mariana Trench where they dig and they're doing oil and some shit happens where creatures come out of the ground and fucking cause havoc. Mm-hmm. And it is a movie that starts off within the first couple of minutes of watching. Mm-hmm. Literally, you will watch for like a minute or two and boom, all of a sudden the movie just takes off and it doesn't pump the brakes once. It just keeps going the whole fucking film, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. It didn't need any setup. You just get to know the characters as they do it. I think they did a really good job of getting you to know those characters through their trials and tribulations of trying to survive. Mm-hmm. And it is a harrowing tale. So it is actually very cool. The creatures are great. And the ending is so, so sweet. <laughs> oh, man, I had to rewind it like three times <laughs> just to check it out again. Some people did say it was claustrophobic, but I think it was just action packed. Mm-hmm. So pretty good movie. I loved it. I loved it a lot. I think I'll watch that pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. In the future. Yeah. And it's kind of along the lines of that Pandorum movie. You remember that? No. I think it was Pandorum where they 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 go to the other planet and everything's evolved. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Now I remember. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. But I, I like this better than that. Mm-hmm. So, number 12. Come to daddy. <laughs> Which is out on Prime right now if you want to watch it on your subscription there. You can check it out. It is considered a horror thriller comedy. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Or thriller horror comedy. I don't know how you want to label it, but it was directed by Ant Timpson. This is his first feature film. He is, however, a producer for Turbo Kid, The Greasy Strangler, and Housebound. Makes sense. Should give you a good idea of the comedy mm-hmm. that you're going to get in this film. Very dry, dark, Very fucked dark. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes gross in this movie, by the way. I like the plot of that movie, which is a lot of twists, but you know, can't this say. one? Yeah. Okay. You say that. I'm like, the oh. one we're talking about? <laughs> uh, but it stars Elijah Wood and Stephen McHattie, one of my favorite actors for the movie Pony Pole itself. <laughs> both really great performances from both, I think. Obviously, Stephen McHattie fucking blows everyone out of the water with his mm-hmm. performance in this. And he's, I won't say, he does a good job because mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> Plus, everyone else in the film does a really good job, too. The characters are really great. Definitely has some gore and some freaky parts. One including a pen soaked in human shit. Yes, that is stabbed into somebody, which is gross. But it's about a man in his 30s, played by Elijah Wood, who travels to a remote cabin to reconnect with his estranged father. And that's all you really need to know. Mm -hmm. This movie will take you places you are not expecting. It is not the movie that you think it is. It unravels as it goes and it gets crazier by the minute and it is really dark and fucked up. And watching it for the third, I think it was the third time I've seen it now, it was just as good. I really enjoyed it. It's not going to be for everybody. Mm-hmm. It is for me. I like it a lot. It reminded me of the movie Low Life, which I've mentioned in my review of it before. Mm-hmm. If you've not seen Low Life, get to, get on that. Get on that <laughs> shit. It's one word, Low Life. 
and then watch Come to Daddy. A little bit of a slow burn for some people, though. Yeah, it, it is was. not a typical comedy. Mm-hmm. It is a dark comedy where it doesn't lay everything out there, but it has some really seriously fucking twisted shit in it. It has some serious. It's twisted. which is great. Like the characters mm-hmm. are different and rich and flawed. And I love that. Mm-hmm. And they run with it. But yeah, check it out. If you like dark comedies, you might like this one. Number 11. Unhinged, which we saw together. <laughs> yes, because this is our kind of movie. Yes, because we like <laughs> fucked up shit. Well, mayhem. Uh, this is directed by Derek Bort. Borte, maybe? He did movies like American Dreamer, London Town, The Joneses. He's relatively unknown to me, and I think he did a good job here. It's starring Russell Crowe as a vehicular serial killer. (laughs) After a confrontation with an unstable man at an intersection, which this woman lays on her horn to make him move out of the way, she becomes the target of his rage. Little does she know that he murdered a bunch of people just previously to this. (laughs) And all fucking hell breaks loose. Now, this is a very simple concept Mm -hmm. film, but it is a ride film and you just take the ride. Right. And this movie gets pretty fucking dark. It does. Like, it's not a typical mainstream movie. It feels like a big budget mainstream movie, Mm -hmm. but it's darker. It has got an independent flair to it. Right. It gets way dark. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Like, it's really violent. Yeah. It's 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 unabashed about its violence mm-hmm. and it's out in public and it's like right. what do i do like everything <laughs> you're like what the fuck would i do <laughs> it just makes you hate your cell phone i'll tell you that <laughs> yeah like you never want to have a cell phone again exactly because of what he does to it at least mm-hmm. put a password on it guys exactly <laughs> or something i think he even works a way around that because he starts killing everybody off on her phone. Mm-hmm. And don't worry, I'm not spoiling anything. It's really, it's about the rides. Don't worry. Just watch the movie. I think it's really great. It's probably this year's Road Rage PSA of the decade. <laughs> probably the decade more than this year. Because you shouldn't honk your horn at people because people are fucking crazy. Right. And you never know what the sh- kind of shit they're dealing with that day, like murdering their family. <laughs> so you never know. <laughs> They don't pull any emotional punches here, so people are killed with glee, and it doesn't matter who they are, anyone's susceptible, so just mm-hmm. expect that. This is one of the movies that they refused to release on the on the online theatrical, you know, on-demand, theater on-demand. Right. You know, the $20 thing. Mm-hmm. I think they did do it, like, two weeks before it released. Weird. Which I was like, what the fuck? Because I really wanted to see it. I was like, what the fuck is this? There were some gnarly car wreck scenes in this. Yeah. One just just plowing over things, Mm -hmm. which is just fucking awesome. Uh, There's a pretty violent movie, though. And I reviewed this for the, you know, the YouTube or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think it's an underrated film. And I'd say he's a serial killer on wheels. But some felt that it lacked that sort of slasher serial killer vibe that it should have had. But But I mean. He wasn't really. He just. Became unhinged. Right. It's it's more lighter <laughs> on the element of slasher, but the fact that he is unhinged, it's a perfect name for it. You know, It really is. Either way, it has one of the best cheesy lines in a movie by the end. <laughs> Fucking love it. Um, up next, we got number 10. Uncle Peckerhead, mm-hmm. which is on Prime, and I got to check this out and review on YouTube. It's written and directed by Matthew John Lawrence, who did a movie called Larry Gone Demon. 
It's essentially about when a punk band scores their first tour, life on the road proves tough when they are joined by a man-eating demon as a roadie, <laughs> which is as ridiculous as it is as it sounds, uh-huh. but somehow this movie pulls it off. It works. It's it weird. It really works. Mm-hmm. And with a silly concept like this, you would expect the jokes to be a mile a minute, Mm -hmm. you know, like just coming at you all over the place. This is perfectly paced. Mm -hmm. It's got good characters. Everyone gets a little spotlight. Some of the music in it is really good. Mm -hmm. The jokes in it are really good. And the characters that you meet, you actually really learn to love, Mm -hmm. including the main guy, Uncle Peckerhead himself. Right. Who, by the way, did a lot of the marketing campaign for this movie. Oh, I didn't know that. He did a lot of videos and stuff uh-huh. being Miss Uncle Peckerhead. He's uh-huh. just one of those guys. Uh-huh. He feels, it, he is very much like that uncle. You know, when you call right. people your uncle and they're right. not really your uncle. Right. And exactly. then, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. he's just this. I don't know. You just he surprises you every fucking way, a step of the way, mm-hmm. until the very final ending. Which some people had issue with the ending, but I I thought it was okay. I mm-hmm. thought that was fine. But I really loved this movie. There's a lot of heart in mm-hmm. this movie. There's yeah. there's some obvious indie things that you can see like flaws in the movie that you can sort of write off because it's not important right i think it's really just a matter of the movie being as good as it is on an indie budget Mm -hmm. and for this movie to be uh, as high up on the list as it is uh an independent film i think it's worth checking out and you should give it a chance for sure right very gory by the way very gory extremely gory extremely funny at times there's a scene with these fucking metal heads that and this other band that they oh that's right i related to it because i've played shows where people are assholes about what your spot is and like when you go on versus the other because everybody's always wanting to be closer to the the headliner right because the the earlier you are nobody sees you right so everybody wants more exposure exactly and everybody kind of tries to size you up and Mm so i don't know it's pretty cool Mm -hmm. i thought when they first kicked it in too when they first the band first starts too Mm -hmm. And they're like doing the Sonic Youth thing with the guitars and then they kick in. I was like, yeah, I was like, this is good. But yeah, check it out, guys. If you haven't seen it already, fucking love it. I'm not alone there. I know of quite a few friends that love it, too. Up next for number nine. Spell. No, I'm not telling you to spell something because I would tell you what (laughs) word it is. I'm talking about a movie that has hoodoo, voodoo, you do what? Called Spell from 2020. And it is a movie that is directed by Mark Tonderai, who did, unfortunately, <laughs> the movie House at the End of the Street, which I am not very fond oh. of. Oh, very, oh. very, oh. very bland movie, unfortunately. Oh. And I'm sorry to say it was shot well, but yeah, I did didn't it? know that he had done this movie. Uh-huh. So if I, I, I might not have seen this. Uh-huh. Based on that if alone. You knew that he oh yeah. Right, but I'm I'm here to say if you did not like that film, you will probably like this film. This is a huge leap. Evolutionary. It says the first film he's done in like 8 or 10 years, I think it was. Mhm. 
feature film because mm-hmm. he does a lot of like movie, like TV shows and stuff, like big budget TV shows as like the director that you always see on every episode. Right. He's like one of those guys. And now he got to come back and do Spell. And I fucking loved it. I thought it was a great fucking movie from start to finish. It's got writer Kurt Wimmer, who did the movie Equilibrium, Law Abiding Citizen and the upcoming prequel of sorts called Children of the Corn. Mm-hmm. I know another reboot, but <laughs> maybe this one will be good. I don't know. <laughs> It stars Amari Hardwick and Loretta Devine, who both do amazing in this film, bouncing off each other, specifically Loretta Devine. Mm-hmm. She's creepy as fuck. Oh, man, she was really good in that. She plays that sweet, crazy, you should be scared of this woman kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Way good. Yeah, don't cross her. Dude, she's so good. She really is. I re- she's, she's, I think, what really made this experience better. Amari is good, too, though, as a protagonist who mm-hmm. is trying to get a you know throughout these ma- cat and mouse situations mm-hmm. it's essentially about a guy who is taking a plane trip to go see his deceased father to go to his funeral right yeah he's gonna go to his funeral his father was this old hoodoo magic guy who he distanced himself from because he was like old school fucking religion and then he became like a f- rich lawyer and and became famous and he takes his own private jet out and then they crash land and all this shit happens and he can't find his family and it mm-hmm. and it gets darker and weirder and more fucked up as it goes on right it was good. Yeah, it was really it was different too. I thought it was really a really nice little thriller. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's got some gore in it, but it's mostly just kind of uh, thrilling to watch. Right, it was scary from like one second, like him trying to get out of the house, or you know, and then her going, "Oh, child," you know, <laughs> it's like, "Oh, get away from me, lady." And then there's one scene in this movie, by the way, guys, that fucking grossed <laughs> me the fuck out, and it happens three or four times. Right, and I swear to God, I was like. Oh, God, I was wincing Mm -hmm. like a little boy watching it because I was like, oh, God, no. Oh, God, I can't look at that. And it's not even a death scene, but it is gory as fuck. And you will not want to see this after you see it a couple of times. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. Did you like that part? Uh, Oh, yeah. Didn't we watch it like twice? I think, yeah, we were Two or three times. Yeah, we did. Glutton for punishment, huh? (laughs) (laughs) All right, on to number eight. Becky, which is a thriller crime sort of stylish revenge, revenge, you know, kind of revenge uh, movie thriller, something, you know, it's pretty good. It's good. It's got a lot of gore in it. A lot of really good kills, too. Uh, It's by director Jonathan Milote and Carrie Murnion of Cooties and Bushwick. They did oh, those movies. That makes sense. Um, it stars Lulu Wilson, Joel McHale, and Kevin James as a big old Nazi with a fuck you swastika on the back of his fucking head. <laughs> Which I gotta say really intrigued the fuck out of me to see. Yeah, him and that role. Right. It was crazy. I was like, wait, this just might work. <laughs> like he is kind of menacing in this movie. Right. And some of you may say, oh, fuck that. Paul Blart. Derp, derp, derp. No, seriously, no. you need to watch this movie. It really, everybody does. It's about a teenager having a weekend at a lake house with her father. She recently lost her mom and he's trying to warm her mm-hmm. up to his new wife mm-hmm. or his future wife with her child. Mm-hmm. 
and this girl Becky is fighting against it when their lives are turned upside down when a group of inmates escape a prison, Nazi inmates, by the way, and and infiltrate their house. Looking for something. Yeah. That was left there. What'd you think of it? Oh, I thought it was awesome. Okay. I loved it. We, yeah. And we recently watched it again, and I loved it even more. You liked it more this time than you did, did the first time. I liked it more this time. Dude, some of the editing and the, the techniques... Mm. The like mm-hmm. shots that they planned out ahead of time because mm-hmm. they're showing the very beginning of the film. I'm not ruining anything for you here. It shows Kevin James on one side and it shows Becky on the other side doing similar things mm-hmm. in their own environments. And the way that they seamlessly edit this and at times mash them together Mm-hmm. It's really, really good. Really good. And the music was really good in it. Yep. The soundtrack was really good. And yeah, their acting was was awesome. And I liked her as this vengeful teenager. Yeah, they had R2 D2 or RJD2 and Blueprint mm-hmm. did a, I forget what they were called. There was like a rap song in there that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of different types of music in this, but the gore, holy shit, yeah, dude. Really there is some really fucked up shit that happens in this movie. Mm-hmm. And some people get dispatched very fucked up in this movie. And you would not expect that. Some people are comparing this to Home Alone in the Woods, which I think is really just unfair. I do too. I, I, I get the comparison. It makes sense, but this is something way different. Darker. Way darker. Yeah. I mean, this is Nazis in it. For one Nazis. of the goriest films of the year. You know what I mean? Like for kills. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of got like a dark sense of comedy about it, too. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's like got this weird combination in there. Mm-hmm. Some of the situations are it's like thrilling and funny and like it's got a lot. And I really thought it was well done, man. So I think you should check it out. If you haven't heard of it or seen it, go check it out. Um, I don't think it's up on any of the services, so you'll have to rent it. I bought it for like, I think, 10 bucks on Blu-ray. Number seven. The Invisible Man. It's on HBO Max, by the way, if you guys want to check it out. Now, this is the movie that was written and directed by Lee Wannell, who is the writer of The Saul, you know, Upgrade, Cooties, Dead Silence, and more. And he's about to direct Wolfman, an oh. Upgrade TV series. Oh. And Escape from New York. So oh he's my got gosh. a Yeah, he's got a lot going on. I think the Escape from New York, wasn't that supposed to be like a Robert Rem- Rodriguez movie that he was going to direct. Oh, I don't know. And I think he passed off to Lee. Oh. I can't remember. I could be wrong about that. But some of the people that are in this movie is Elizabeth Moss, Oliver Jackson Cohen, and Harriet Dyer, uh, and others. But this is one of the two films that were released together from Blumhouse that were the theater on demand movies with We Watch with the Hunt. Right, when, when the sh- lockdowns were starting. Yeah, when the pandemic and we were all worried like, oh, fuck, what is this going to mean? Right. Um. We we obviously reviewed that with the hunt on episode 177, if you want to hear us get into depth about it, by the way. That was a good episode. It was a good episode. I was excited to see two new movies for $40. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we, we both had low expectations on this one, mm-hmm. I believe, because I remember when we saw the film, the trailer, mm-hmm. we were like, eh, it could be yeah, good or bad. Yeah. But it's essentially about a woman named Cecilia who has an abusive ex who owns his own life and leaves her his complete fortune after dying. Tragically, he kills himself. And she suspects his death was a hoax 
As a series of coincidences turn lethal, Cecilia works to prove that she is being hunted by somebody that nobody can see. Dun, dun, dun. Invisible man. I mean, they took the invisible man and turned it into a sort of a slasher stalker. Mm Mm-hmm. Very well. Right. I didn't think it would be as good as I thought it would be. Now, when we saw it in the theater, or not in the theater, when we rented it, when we, I saw it the first time, I did not like the ending, so I automatically was like, whatever. But now we watched it a second time, and I was like, oh, oh, it wasn't that bad. It yeah. was pretty traumatic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really, uh, I thought they did a really good job of shooting on this film. Oh, very. It's very tense. It's very in your face. I'm not a Moss fan. And I talked about this with Christina when we were watching it. Because uh, another friend of mine is not a big Moss fan. And she asked why. And I was just like, I don't know. It's just something about her that bothers me. But my friend was saying that to me recently, my buddy Justin Thale. And I was like, don't let that get in the way. Because mm-hmm. I feel the same way. And I like this movie a lot. So that's saying something. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's. I think it's just like, you know, some, some actors have that vibe about them that you just don't know. Maybe it's that. But regardless, she did a great job in this film. Some of the effects in this film are amazing. I really liked how they kind of did some of the, the tricks that they did in the movie. I wondered how they did it. Like, we still don't even own it on, on 4K. I want to get it on 4K because the black levels. Right. This movie needs to have HDR if you watch it in 4K because there is a lot of low light level situations in this movie that really don't translate well into 1080p, I don't think. But it's still still watchable. It's just got a lot of dark scenes in it because it's like kind of creepy. It's got this like supernatural feel to it, but it's more sci-fi thriller. Right. Which is interesting because like they pulled it off so well. The Invisible Man is a creepy fucking story. It really is. And the fact that they took this abuse thing and mixed it in there with it is like the perfect marriage because mm-hmm. they, they don't really show you why this guy is so bad and it's more on the trust factor of like well hey do you believe her or not right so it kind of puts the viewer in that perspective it's got some pretty pretty good scenes in it that you're like oh fuck why would that oh no what would i do if that <laughs> happened to me you know what i mean <laughs> She even has some of the same techniques that like supernatural person would deal with too. So right, but yeah, I liked it. I'm sure I'm not alone on that. Down to number six, and this is feedback, which came out in 2020. It was actually released in Spain in 2019, and I highly anticipated watching this movie because I follow Richard Brake on Instagram and he was talking about it back then and I was really curious about it because I saw the trailer and it looked really cool. Mm -hmm. Now this is a movie that was written and directed by Pedro C. Alonso. This is his first feature film, Kudos. It stars Eddie Marson, Paul Anderson, Ivana Baccaro, and Richard Brake. It's essentially about a radio star that experiences the worst night of his life when stalkers assault the radio station where he's working. Now, this one's a fucking super intense ride. Like, mm-hmm. it is really intense. You didn't see this. Oh, I did. Did you? I don't remember. I don't remember. I think I was talking about it a lot. Uh-huh. It does ask some people, for some reason, to suspend some of their disbelief about it. So it may be a little too much for some people because I guess there's some things in it that happen that some people feel like, but I didn't think so. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what they're talking about. 
but you can seriously, this movie is fucking brutal. And it, you can cut the tension with a goddamn knife or a chainsaw, for that matter. <laughs> I'm serious, man. Like, the great thing about it is that it all takes place in a single spot. And they're still able to pull off a hell of a fucked up and unrelenting ride that is violent, extreme, and makes you question what you would do in that situation mm-hmm. as people get picked off. Uh-huh. And it's unrelenting. So it really goes there. Uh-huh. There's a fucking scene in it that's pretty brutal, man. Now, I don't think many people know this film. Mm-hmm. It is a more of a thriller kind of film, but it is violent as shit, so it definitely gets the, the horror approval, I think. So you should definitely check it out. It is vibey. If you like a vibey horror movie or situation where it's like, I mean, The Strangers is a fucking horror movie, and it's about people coming into the house, so this is no different, only it's got words from these people. Mm-hmm. I really, I really, really, man, I was really kind of like blown away by this one when I saw it. Mm -hmm. Like I got that body buzz when I fucking saw this after watching it. And it does leave you with a little bit of questions as to what the moral answer is to this movie, Uh which I think was done intentionally to kind of put that on the viewer. Oh, I see. Do you see what I'm saying? Because there is a social dialogue about why these people are assaulting this place Mm -hmm. that that may turn a couple people off. But I think if you stick around, you'll it'll make it feel it almost makes you feel like you challenged your own morals and you feel kind of wrong for feeling the way you did initially. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I really think you guys need to check out this movie. I did a review on it. Not many people got to see that review. Highly recommend feedback. Number six on my list. Now to switch it up, I've been talking a fuck ton here (laughs) for fucking 30 or 25 fucking movies. So why don't we go ahead and give it over to Christina. And what is your number five pick this year? My number five was your number nine. And that that was Spell. Really? Okay. Yes. So I'll just tell you why I like the movie. Yeah, why did you pick it for five? Um, I thought it was original. It kept me engaged. A Loretta Devine's performance is amazing. Yeah. She's creepy. It stuck with me. Yeah. I like how it the story was around the Appalachia yeah. part of America, which you do not... You, you do, but you only see one side of it. Yeah, you, you don't really get see, to see both. Right, but they actually went... like They made it seem like it was in this village, like this secluded place in America. Right, and it was shot in South Africa. Yeah. Which is crazy. crazy. Was it South Africa or Australia? I can't even I, remember. I, I can't remember, but I really liked it. That's cool. It so, um, okay. Well, my number five... Is Scare Package. Which, oh, I did not see. That's on Shudder? Yes. That's a Shudder release that came out that we picked up on physical copy as soon as we found out that there was a pre-order for it. I was goo-goo bananas about this fucking movie. Um, It's a horror comedy anthology film with a lot of directors and one healthy story that kind of ties it all together, Mm -hmm. you know, to connect all the, the different shorts. Its directors, Courtney Andujar and Hilary Andujar, Anthony Cousins, Emily Hagens, Aaron B. Kuntz, Chris McEnroy, Noah Sagan, and Baron Vaughn. Mm. Now, the story, the, 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 the tie-in piece is Chad, the owner of Rad's Chad Horror Emporium, recounts a series of bone-chilling blood spatter tales to illustrate the rules 
of the horror genre to his newest employee. That's pretty much the main story throughout the film. It's a comedy, so all of it's, you know, it's intentionally meant to be funny, and it's pretty fun to watch it unfold as you delve into each of the segments. Some are better than others, but I enjoyed each just fine. Like, the lion's share of the shorts were really great. One in particular called One Time in the Woods by Chris McEnroy, winning them all. Like, he did the best, (laughs) and it's so (laughs) fucking funny, dude. It's just a lot of fun, and I really wasn't expecting a lot from this film. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very independent, so it's not going to be, you know, it's like, I see a lot of people pick on the Creepshow series. Right. And I and I get it. You know, you know, they saw the first creep show movie and they love it. That movie had twenty million dollar budget. Right. Okay. Back in the eighties. Okay. <laughs> so that's a lot of fucking money back in the eighties. Okay. Right. That's like a forty million dollar budget film. Right today. Yeah. And the 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 the, the creep shows T V series came out and it was not, you know, they probably gave people like a modest budget mm-hmm. to work with. And pull a lot of favors, because that's what these kind of things are. This is an independent film that does a lot of shorts. They all got a modest budget, and they all did what they could with as much practical effects, which there's a lot of blood and gore in this movie, a lot of fucking nods to horror movies that we love. So there's a lot of Easter eggs in this film, and there's a lot of jokes that are literally written that only horror fans would know. Mm -hmm. So it's it's like a love letter to the horror genre community and sort of making fun of it in the same way. You know, making fun of the different types of people who like horror, making fun of, you know, the different stupid things that we do and and also the stupid uh, tropes that we follow in the in the movies that we make. Mm-hmm. So it's really kind of interesting. And you can tell that it was made with a lot of love. It made me laugh a whole fucking lot. I'm not. This is not a movie that everybody liked, by the way. <laughs> Uh, I did. I thought it was great. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of people were like, nah, it's okay. Right. Because I think they have that this level that they need it to be. And I look at like how much they had versus what they delivered on. And I think this is a, this is a movie I'll watch all the time. I'm glad I own it on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. And I highly recommend, if you have a sense of humor, to check it out. It may not be your cup of tea, but I think you'll enjoy it somewhat. But I loved it. All right, Christina, what's your number four? My number four is probably going to surprise you. Okay. It's his house. That's on Netflix. Really? Okay. Yeah. I didn't, I liked it, but I didn't like, love it. I liked it because it's stuck with me and I keep thinking about it. There was stuff in it that I really liked, but go ahead. Mm-hmm. But it was directed by Remy Weeks. Remy Weeks? Remy Weeks, written and directed by... Soapy Dirasu. Okay. And Wumi Masaku, who was, of course, in Lovecraft. Ruby. She was Ruby yeah, she in was fucking Ruby Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country. Country. Yeah. But uh, it's about a refugee. And Matt Smith. Yeah, he's like, yeah, Matt Smith was surprisingly yeah, in it, too. Yeah, the doctor was in the film. And, right. of course, Javier Botet makes a fucking physical appearance in there, too. So, mm-hmm. But go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, but it's about a refugee uh, couple who's coming from uh, Sudan. Yeah. Um, trying to, you know, seek refuge. And the... You, you think it's just, you know, a tragic story and they come to this house and you don't know if the house is haunted or what's going on there. And then the story takes like these amazing twists that I was not expecting. Okay. Like out of the blue. And then yeah. I didn't think you would like that movie that much. I really did. We didn't, didn't even either. talk about it much after we watched no, it. No, but it kind of stuck with me because I, I, I kept thinking about it. It's got some pretty creepy imagery and stuff and like it really does crawling around on the walls and shit like but i mean i'll admit like some of the the haunted house stuff was kind of tropey but i mean 
No, I liked it. I thought it was good. Like you don't. I just it just wasn't my personal interest. You know what I mean? It wasn't. It it wasn't. It was like just below some of the stuff I saw this year. Right. It was like a good spin on haunted houses. Okay. You know. Well, yeah, it definitely had a different story for sure. Oh, for sure. And I don't think you're alone on that. I've seen a lot of people say it's like it's Rotten Tomatoes number one movie. Right. I mean, it's worth checking out. But what was your number four? My number four. Is Lodge, which is currently on Hulu, by the way. It had directors Severin Fiala and Veronica Franz, who are the directors of Goodnight Mommy. So you know it's going to be decent. Mm-hmm. Remember, you liked that movie. I did. Goodnight Mommy. We got it in the horror yeah, pack. I did. That's one of the yeah movies that stuck with me. It's in yeah. my head. It stars Riley Keough, Jaden Martell, and Leah McHugh. And the story is that shortly after a suicide of a divorced family's mother, a soon-to-be stepmom is snowed in with her fiancé's two children at a remote holiday village. It's a cabin in the middle of nowhere, miles away from anybody else. And just as relations begin to thaw between the trio, some strange and frightening events take place. Now, this movie is fucking unsettling. Like, we're talking, woo, boy. Mm-hmm. Like, I was a little taken back by some of the uncomfortableness that's in this movie. Uh, it's just mean. It's it's fucking oh, mean, dude. Right. And it is. It's unsettling. It really is. It, it, like, it's fucked it, up. It's not a movie that it's going to be a little bit considered slow burn. But I think if you really pay attention, it's more about the the movements and how body language and things that the people do that that really express just how unsettling the situation is. Mm-hmm. And by the end, when you find out the twist and all these tragic fucked up things happen, mm-hmm. it just gets out of control and you can't put the lid on the chaos. Right. And it's it's fucking woof. Mm-hmm. That is, it's a dark movie. Like the only thing I can really compare it to and a lot of people do compare it to is probably Hereditary because they do use a dollhouse in the movie. And some people, because it's so soon, right. we're like, oh, we're just trying to do the, you know. But really, there's a reason why it's in there. It's it's not obligatory. Hereditary kind of seems obligatory, but you know we find out that it's Paymon doing right, why right. The, the the thing is in some way. But this is in here for another reason, and you find out why later. Mm-hmm. But man, this is a really good film, and it is. It almost feels like it's not a really super graphic, gory film, but it's just a sad. Like if you put yourself in the situation of any of these people, you're just like, oh man. Mm-hmm. Like, they, uh, whoa. Like, and where it goes, you're just like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend this movie. I think it, it, even if you don't like slow burns, just give it a chance. It may not be something you watch regularly, but this is my second time rewatching it. I forgot. I, I remember I was going to do a review on YouTube and I never got to. Mm-hmm. And man, it, it left a mark. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. watching it a second time, I was like, God damn, this is good. <laughs> it's just, it just makes you like, fuck, why? Right. I don't know. It's but anyway, Christina, what is your number three? My number three was your number 18, which was Blood Quantum. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. You really liked that movie, I did. Huh? I really like, I really like that. I really w- wish I could have watched it a second time. Yeah. With you. It, again, it's a like an original story. And I don't even really like zombie movies that much. So for it to really 
stick out like that. I really He's done some it. other movies, but I would like to see more from him for oh, sure. Me too, me too, for sure. And I and I and I even said this in my review. I'm like, do you think he'll take it outside the reservation? Should he? Because mm-hmm. I kind of liked that he does that in that. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I'd like, like that... to see what he would do next. Mm-hmm. Like, would it be horror? Maybe it's not. Mm-hmm. And what was your number three? My number three. is host number three really yeah (laughs) and this is a movie that was directed by rob savage who did a movie called dawn of the deaf which is about a bunch of deaf people who are plagued with some sort of auditory zombie virus Uh uh-huh and they all have to come together in this deaf world oh that's interesting it sounds interesting right i was like why didn't i watch this i should check it out but anyway he's also working on a movie called sea home about an unidentified creature that washes up on the shores of a small coastal town and a group of high school students decide to drag it to safety and nurse it back to health with unimaginable consequences which sounds right up my alley, baby. Uh, it is starring Haley Bishop, Gemma Moore, Emma Louise Webb, Radina Drandova, Caroline Ward, Alan Emerys, Patrick Ward, Edward Leonard, and Jenny Lofthouse, which they all use their first names except for uh, Edward Leonard. He used Teddy. Mm-hmm. So they kept it real. Right. To feel real. This is the infamous movie where six friends hire a medium to hold a seance via Zoom during a lockdown, but they are they get far more than they bargain for as things go quickly wrong. Mm-hmm. This is a Shutter release. They put it out on Shutter. I think it was at the festivals for a short while, and then they released it like on Shutter pretty quick. Yeah, they should, which was brilliant. Yeah, they, it they hit, needed to do that. That movie blew the fuck up. Yeah, it did. And the people who worked on that film, I had so many people stop by my fucking, my video mm-hmm. that I did, like a lot of the actors and actresses, and I think some of the producers and stuff, and they're really nice people, dude. Mm-hmm. But the film is shot during the pandemic. It was one of the first films that was like selling, you know, hey, we built this whole fucking film in the middle of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. It was like kind of a challenge to see what they could do. When a lot of movie watchers and directors and producers were fucking scared out of their minds of what they were going to be doing for a fucking money, you know, at a select few proved that you could make a movie in the middle of a pandemic mm-hmm. and have it be brilliant. And it was really brilliant. And, and one in particular being the host movie we're talking about, which is a live footage horror movie which is kind of like found footage, only it's live. It's happening live when you watch it. That's what they're calling it now. Mm -hmm. One that isn't even an hour long. Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) It made my top three. I I know some people hate found footage, and and they think it's overdone, and I agree. It's often done poorly, for sure. Mm -hmm. More than it is well. (laughs) Right. But this is... A better movie than that. And this is also a live footage movie anyway. So give it a chance. Mm -hmm. Check it out. See what you think. You might like it. Or you might not have given it a chance before. I'm sure you've heard of this movie because it got blown up all over the internet for like a month straight. Mm -hmm. So some have compared this movie to a better version of Unfriended, which I wasn't too fond of personally. I remember the ending really kind of pissed me off a little bit. Mm -hmm. The actors in this one also felt very believable and likable as well. Mm-hmm. At first, I was a little taken back because it felt too real. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, what are we watching? Like a live stream or something? Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, we are. <laughs> it really works. Like whatever mm-hmm. they did with it, the ideas that they had, it spooked the shit out of me, too. There were some parts that I was like genuinely spooked out. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people were. A lot of people were saying this was the scariest movie of the whole year. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah. I mean, you know, that's debatable. Everybody's scared of different well, things. It's the timing too. It's relatable. Right. It hit a little too close to home. Yeah. They were using Zoom, which at the time was just blowing up. Right. So they just happened to be they, one of the people early on. They were even using the background things that were trending, like where you had yourself in right. the you know. Yeah. And then also towards the middle, they had to grab their masks. It was the perfect timing. It was the perfect timing. Yeah. And they all kind of like performed it. They practiced this over and over and over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And they did a really good job. Their reactions are genuine. And that's very important in this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I can't even imagine how long that took. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, the people that made this, they all seem like really great people and great people make great movies. This is one of them. If anything, this is a time capsule of the pandemic and one that I'm probably not going to bury forever to revisit. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll probably watch this every year. And it comes out on Blu-ray on February 1st. Or you can check it out on Shutter, but I'm going to pick it up on Blu-ray. We're getting it on Blu-ray. Yeah. Christina, what is your number two? My number two? Becky. Becky. Yes. So much fun. Nice. It was so bloody. I just love killer children. I'm glad that you picked that. I'm surprised because like I remember the first time I saw it and you were just not happy with it. I was like freaking out. I was like, oh my God, this is so good. I've got to tell you because usually if there's one part of a movie that bothers me, like it ruins it for me. And watching it a second time. I realized you were being a it wasn't weirdo. that big of a deal. Yeah, that's happened to me too. You know, yeah. Like the T.J. Miller thing in Underwater. Mm-hmm. Or the Invisible Man thing with right. me. It's not that big of a deal. Right. So, I, yeah, I just really liked it. Who do you think you loved the most in that, character-wise? Uh, both of them, the Nazi and the kid. Yeah. Like, and they're, Kevin they're, James and her worked really well. Catherine, yeah. I can't think of her name. And then yeah. their interaction together was, was good. Yeah. You kind of felt for it. And they made it realistic how she would, she, you know, she's still a fucking kid. She doesn't, you know, she's not like super duper smart, vil- like vengeful teenager. She's tripped on her words and that kind of stuff. It was, it was more realistic. Yeah. A but, lot of people said they didn't like her. Like they really had issues with the girl. But I think that she was the perfect combination mm-hmm. to be able to dispatch a bunch of fucking Nazis. She, she's Yeah. And she's a brat. Right. Like she's a bratty That's what I'm kid. saying. She's, she's the perfect snot. combination yeah. of what it needs to be somebody that kills all these right. fucking you can't Nazis. You have some nice girl and have this happen to would her. Not be she as, would yeah. get killed. Right. Like she would get killed instantly. But I think so. a lot of people were like thinking maybe uh, Home Alone. Oh, you mean that, you know, <laughs> he didn't he didn't jab somebody's neck out. Yeah, with, with a, a ruler. ruler. <laughs> <laughs> and then stomp on it through his her neck. Right. <laughs> That's Jesus. so funny. Spoiler alert, sorry. <laughs> but what is your number two, Alex? My number two is... Anything for Jackson, which just came out on Shutter a few, about a month ago. Yeah, it was pretty good. Holy shit, guys. I... Yeah. If you haven't seen my review already, let me just tell you who made it. <laughs> Director Justin G. Dyke and written by Keith Cooper, who worked together on this whole story kind of back and forth, working very closely with each other to develop a movie that is very disturbing. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned in my review, these guys have been on a steady diet of family Christmas movies. These are working directors <laughs> just trying to get to the, the bone so mm-hmm. that they can go to town. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And when they do, holy shit, guys. This stars Sheila McCarthy, Julian Richings, and Constantina Mantelos. 
It's essentially about a bereaved Satanist couple, by the way, who kidnap a pregnant woman so that they can use an ancient spell book to put their dead grandson's spirit into her unborn child, but end up summoning more than they bargained for. And boy, does it. Oh, my fucking God. I love this movie. It's really good. It's really good. You saw it? Yeah, I saw it. Remember? Oh, I never did get your opinion on it. Yeah. Oh, God. It was like, I really liked the the other Satanist kid. Oh, yeah. Fuck it up. The real stereotypical metalhead guy. Right, yeah, right. like Who's like the Satanist. But it, it turns out he's like really a Satanist. Yeah, he like <laughs> actually knows his shit. Yeah. But he's I, like, I really he's like got the character. comb over like Trump. <laughs> <laughs> he does. And he sees redhead. Yeah. So. <laughs> It was really good, but I think because I knew you went into it with no expectations, you didn't even know like what it was about, right? Yeah, yeah, where I didn't I, know where I did, and I my expectations were a little bit high, mm-hmm. and it, they didn't meet those expectations. Well, so yeah. a lot of people had an issue with the ending of the movie because they, yeah. and I think that's because they wanted more, right? And that's not a bad thing, right? If you're hungry after watching a movie a little bit more sometimes, it kind of means you got a really good meal. Yeah, but, you know. I don't know. I'm just saying. I, I, let me just say, I love a movie that takes off the cuffs and just goes to town on my ass. Wait, that sounds really bad. On your ass? <laughs> yeah. No, not literally. Okay. This this is the movie that just, it just does a lot with the budget and creates an atmosphere that spooks the shit out of you Mm -hmm. and just creates this world that is like somewhat unbelievable the way they do it they make it so fucking i don't know man it's just casual it's like casual old people who just happen to be satanists you know grandma and grandpa yeah grandma and grandpa grandpa. Ah, cut the goat's head off no big deal they don't do that but i'm just saying but it's just very creative and, and not afraid to do some things very differently, too, which I think I loved the most about it. The performances by Sheila McCarthy and Julian Richings are just fantastic. The way they react to all the things that are occurring to them and what's happening and all the different kind of experiences that happen in this hellacious world that it drags you into are really unique and fun. And the people who come anywhere near it also get dragged into it creating this hellscape that is awesome and gory and bloody and fucked up and fucking delightful, man. I fucking loved this movie. <laughs> um, I did like the, the metalhead guy. I thought he was really cool. Like, just like, go ahead, spread him around. <laughs> like, I was being a dick to the old people because right. they're like kind of, you know, he realizes that they're kind of legit, but they just don't know enough. Right, exactly. You know, but they're, they're dedicated. So he's kind of like, ah, mm-hmm. but it's funny. But I thought it was outstanding, and I can't wait to own it on physical and watch it all over again. If I had to be picky or negative about it in any way, it would be that I just wanted to see more. Like, right. You know, that's it. Right. I would love to see a sequel. Mm-hmm. Something. I don't know what it is, but I don't even know if you could do a sequel with this kind of movie. Mm-hmm. It'd be such a stretch, and all the, like, perfect elements you'd have to redo. Yeah. It c- yeah. I, I think the- it's just good as it is. Yeah. Just, yeah. So what about you? What did you pick for your number one? I picked host. Of course I picked host. You have to pick host. Hey, number three's not bad. <laughs> yeah, but I remember when we, we, we first saw this movie and we were like blown away. We were yeah, like, we really couldn't, yeah. Even but the we kills. Like, we like found footage kind of films. Yeah. That's but like our thing. For it to be relatable to what we were going 
what was going on like at that moment like mm-hmm. as it was going on um i want to compare it to the feelings i had with the blair witch because i saw that before it even came out because i went to a screening of it oh the blair witch okay oh i'm sorry the blair witch project project the blair witch project because i saw it when um the, they had signs for the missing people right and shit, so it was a totally different feeling when you saw it like this so i wonder if it's going to withstand the test of time i think this one will more than that because i think because it was done so well it was done yeah it's just it's just a piece like i said it's it's that pandemic capsule time capsule yeah we'll always remember it in that regard mm-hmm. and it'll always be uh you know i think it'll be a for those who liked it anyway it'll mm-hmm. be a special a special treat that we always go back to revisit right and I, i'm looking forward to see the extras on it and how they did all these things and yeah like, me too like some I of the guess. interviews that they did because everybody seems so cool and i'm mm-hmm. sure that the fucking extras are going to be dope right exactly. so yeah that's a good choice I, th- I think it was a good movie i think a lot yeah. of people picked that as their first one yeah. as well or was host the number one or was it was it his house on Rotten Tomatoes? I can't remember. It was one of the two. I don't know. But Alex, I what's your number one? I don't even know. Hands raised if you guys knew that this was going to be my favorite. Oh, my God. Yes. I'm sorry. I knew. <laughs> oh, I'm so stupid. For my number one. Color, color out, out of, of space. space. Yeah. On Shutter now, by the way. But we have the 4K non-HDR version. And how many times did you see it in the theater? Two times. And aren't you glad? Oh, yeah. I saw it once with you. Mm-hmm. I cried because I was so happy. I rolled my eyes. <laughs> she did. And I was like, really? I mean, I know it sounds stupid, but I was just so happy. Right. You were. You're very happy. Uh, it sounds stupid. Make fun of me all you want. But I, <laughs> I fucking loved it. You want tampon? No, it I'm is, just kidding. Yeah. Was- I gave it a 10 out of 10 when I saw it. And then I went back. What was it like? The next week. Was it the next week? With Patrick. With Patrick. That's right. Because they weren't sure if they were going to let it. They were only going to play it that one night. Right. Wasn't it? It was like they were only going to play it for like a week. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. They they got it extended that day Mm -hmm. for a week. And we were like, oh, we wanted to catch it the first, you know, the first Mm -hmm. time we could. And then I went back with Patrick. And when Patrick walked out of the movie theater, he was like, holy shit, dude. Holy shit. Okay, just to give you kind of a little background, this is written and directed by Richard Stanley, who has done the movie Hardware, which shout out to John Hale, uh, director John Hale. Director, how do you like that, Johnny? Uh, <laughs> he's like, uh, don't mind if I do. Uh, John Hale just watched the new, uh, he just watched Hardware. Someone bought it for him. He'd uh-huh. never seen it before. He uh-huh. loved it. He also did the movie Dust Devil, by the way, Richard Stanley. Uh, and it was also written by Scarlett Amaris, but it is, of course, starring Nicolas Cage, Jolie Richardson, and Madeline Arthur, as well as many others. I'm just giving the first three. But what can I say? I saw this motherfucker two times in the theater. It had me in tears. I was so happy when it ended. It's like it was made for me and just about anyone who loves Lovecraft. However, there were some, you know, that didn't like the modern spin on it and was like not happy that it wasn't a carbon copy, which those people are fewer and far between. But (laughs) I mean, who wants to see them doing alchemy for like three fourths of the movie? Like mixing. Like we read the story aloud. Remember I read it before? I remember. Yeah. Before we. That sounds boring as fuck. (laughs) I mean, it's not that it's boring. The ideas are there. Yeah, exactly. What Richard Stanley did is he went in and 
you have to be Tweaked intimately it. involved with the subject matter in order to be able to reconstruct this into a coherent movie. Mm-hmm. You know, because it wouldn't have been a coherent movie if we saw it the way that the book was told, in right. my opinion. That makes sense. He felt comfortable adding in some changes, including like a black lead actor played by Elliot Knight, which is like a chef's kiss to Lovecraft. Yeah. Like, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> uh, but in a way, it's like, you know, hey, you know, we still listen and love your shit. Let us pick on you a little right. bit there. And I think that's cool that Richard Stanley did that. I thought mm-hmm. that I don't know if it was just like he was the right guy. I don't think he was necessarily like, oh, we need a black guy, you know, like or right. something like that. But I just thought it was a nice chef's kiss. Like, mm-hmm. you know, plus, I think he's pretty damn good in this movie, too. He's actually one of the better actors, I think. In oh, the totally. Movie. In the movie. Yeah. He's he's the rock in which we all rotate around. Right. Because it's madness. Mm-hmm. It's pure madness. And he's the calm. Right. That's what I mean. He mm-hmm. is the rock in which right. we all, you know, he's the eye of the hurricane pretty mm-hmm. much. But obviously this is based on the short story by H.B. Lovecraft of the same name, different spelling, of course. A secluded farm is struck by a strange meteorite, which has an apocalyptic consequence for the family living there and possibly the world. Part one of a trilogy of films, which the Dunwich Horror is up next, by the way, for those of you who don't know, which I hope does amazing. This movie gave me the feels, though, man, like even after the third time watching it, (laughs) like some of the most intense feels I've gotten in a film with a sort of beautiful imagery that sort of Stanley's known for, because there is some amazing shots in this. And if you go back to hardware and watch that same thing there, dude, you know, you're designing imagery that's appealing to the music. Right. And he does that here, too, with the music that they used in this, which Mm -hmm. builds and builds and it has layers and layers and layers. And holy fuck, when it ends, man, it's just like, (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) like, that's how I felt. Like, I I had to hold my breath. Right. Literally the last minute of the film. Mm -hmm. Plus, Stanley's not a bad writer either. He's actually, I think he's like a professor. He's Mm -hmm. done, like, actual professor teaching, like, people how to do shit. Mm -hmm. So, but this, I don't know. The soundtrack, I think, just meld perfect with it. And I just, I like, I couldn't feel like I couldn't breathe, you know, because of that. But I gave it a 10 and not because I got to see Nick Cage rage out either. (laughs) A lot of people, like, dismiss it as just, oh, it's a great Nick Cage. And they're right. Right. But... That's not there's all it more, is. There's, there's more, more to, to it, it than that. Yeah. And there really is. It, it's it's just the icing, man. <laughs> you know? Not a fucking guy. <laughs> Be like my father. <laughs> but this movie has some of the familiarity of the 80s practical effects, modern visuals, though. And just oodles of madness thrown in its writing and performances. It's just odd and wild. And it just has a bunch of scenes that really take you there in a movie. And it really didn't have that big of a budget to be able to do that kind of thing with. Although I checked the wiki and it said six to 13 million. Whoa. I don't think it had that much, but huh. I think it's it's a movie I want to be in or experience <laughs> And third time watching is no different for me. So I loved it. I hope you guys loved it. And if you didn't, you all suck a dick. Suck a dick. No, I just love it. And I'm glad I get to talk about it. I know this has been a long winded podcast for you guys, but you know, I've never done a top 30 before and I didn't know how it was going to go. So I thought it went well. Yeah. Even though I didn't see half the movies, but. <laughs> Do you agree? Yeah. Christina didn't get to watch as many as I got to, because like I said, she's got a real job. She doesn't get the chance to see as much, but mm-hmm. I was, pile- I literally was watching five movies a day. Two weeks straight. 
Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. Like, there's a couple of times. Yeah, where, there was Christmas. I think or, I, there was know, a couple beer. of times I watched six movies in a day, mm-hmm. six or seven even. Mm-hmm. Like, I went wild. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't do a review for each of them because I didn't want to be distracted. I just wanted to, like, go in. Get them, get it done. And then I sat all last night and just tried to organize which movies are which. And then I got I got a new video coming up, guys. Top 15 kills of 2020. Can't wait. It's going to be on YouTube. It's going to be a huge fuck video, <laughs> which I'll try to, like, trim down, obviously. But what did you guys think of these movies that we picked? Obviously, everyone's a little different. Christina's different from me, mm-hmm. and we're the closest individuals to each other in the world. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, nobody's going to be the same. You right. know, if I didn't mention one that you liked, you know, maybe you'll find one that I said that you didn't realize or, you know, maybe I haven't seen the one that you did. I tried to make an attempt to watch pretty much every single movie that there was. Santa Jaws wasn't on there. I know, but yeah, come on. Like, I had to, like, <laughs> draw a line somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, you know what? Corona Zombies wasn't on there either. That was basically a full moon took <laughs> I that know, movie I know, I know. and took an old movie that I own the living or city of the living dead city or hell of the living dead oh mm-hmm. and they redid it to make it fit ridiculous like cheap it's funny yeah but it's they funny. had the rights to the other movie so they could do it so and they probably made a lot of money off of it yeah i got the i think i got the blue underground one the one with rats about it but mm-hmm. yeah there's some Anyways. movies that i saw and didn't 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 make the list there's a lot of movies in fact in my top kills of 2020 i mean i went through there was a lot of movies that didn't make the list that had some cool ass kills that just mm-hmm. didn't make the list at all Mm-hmm. So you'll want to check that out, guys. But we really do appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for the year of 2020. Christina's been on board now just about this whole fucking time now. And it's guess re- you better make me permanent. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're fired. That's a new oh, year. Oh, God. <laughs> Fuck you. The pace sucks. No, I really appreciate it. We've we've really done a lot bigger numbers. We've gotten a lot more listens and people. So thank you guys for sharing out there, whoever you are. If you're sharing it with your friends or letting them know, it really means a lot to us because we want to grow this thing and we like doing it. So thank you. Thank you for listening. That's That means more to me than anything. But yeah, I hope you guys had an amazing end of the year celebration or were safe and didn't get sick. And I hope we all make it to the end of 2021 here, guys. We love you. As always, long live the voice.